Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. Each week, we bring you some incredible creatives and artists and organizers and curators uh, from Chicago and beyond. And today is no different. We have such a powerful and important gatherer of, of art and, and, and a curator of space, um, an incredible gallerist. We have Monique Maloche in the Corner Store. Welcome, Monique. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm so so excited to 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 chat with you because I you know, I've been in your space a ton of times and you've had, you know, a few different iterations of of a space and so I I'm wondering, you know, first of all just tell us where you are at now and then I I want to go back and kind of get into to the history of of how you've began to build spaces. Sure. Um, well, so I'm sitting here in my office um, at our gallery space in West Town. We're um, located at 451 North Helena, and uh, we moved here the summer of 2018. So this is actually our fourth and largest uh, location. So it's like finally, you know, we've bopped around from the, the, you know, West Fulton Market to the West Loop to, you know, Wicker Park, Bucktown, now here. Um, and we were finally able to like find a great space to have a solid amount of exhibition space, but really a lot of our own infrastructure with appropriate storage and meeting spaces and a loading dock and all of these wonderful things that, um, you know, we, we had all desired previously for our gallery spaces. And we are uh, like a hundred percent loving it here. It's just such a great location. So of course, you know, uh, for almost like a, I don't know, half a third of that time, it's been during the in shelter. Uh, how has that affected, you know, space where people gather to not only convene, but also view art and, 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 and have programs and all of this stuff. Yeah, it was, it was super interesting because we were all, um, you know, we were all in New York doing the art fairs in early March of last year and, um, you know, flew home and was like, okay, lockdown a couple days later. Um, we were very fortunate because our first exhibition of the year was closing in a week. So we really only lost that one week. And the next exhibition um, was planned to open um, in like in late March, early April, obviously we had to close that down. Um, but it was it was Nate Young who was a artist based here in Chicago. So after we you know all went home and started working remotely and you know just figuring out what was happening, uh, we realized that you know even if people couldn't come back in the gallery, that we could actually just put on the show, and if we got a really great video of the artists walking through the show and explaining that, which we had never done for any other exhibitions, um, that, you know, like we could, we could provide some content that wasn't just in, in everybody's living room or kitchen. Right. And, um, and so it was just, it was kind of comical because it was, it was like the artist, you know, rented a truck. My husband and I, you know, met him all masked up at the gallery. You know, I had the drill in my hand. My husband had the level. Like, you know, we, we put up the show ourselves and, you know, we didn't want anybody else to, to get, you know, potentially exposed. And it was just, it was really rewarding. The, um, the, the, the video was wonderfully received. And we have now since continually made videos, even though people are allowed to come back in, but obviously people aren't traveling. But like that's kind of one of the COVID silver linings is that, you know, like 
there is this virtual component that we didn't we weren't you know we didn't even think about that is just going to now live on forever as like a wonderful archival um, uh, record of these exhibitions. So and, and we were ultimately able to um, shift some of our summer programming, and we did open Nate, Shung, uh, Nate Young's show to the public for two weeks. And I will tell you, we were booked solid for those two weeks. Like we did forty-five minute appointments, um, no more than four people in at a time. You know, it's like museum directors, curators, collectors, other artists. And it, it was like everyone's first outing beyond the grocery store. People were so excited to, you know, to tell me that they actually like put on a, a real outfit to go out somewhere. Um, but the most important was that everyone wanted to stay even beyond the 45 minutes. And it wasn't just like, oh, I have to like be around people. They were really engaging with the art. And so I feel like it's caused this really wonderful slowdown, which we all needed. And it got back to like the real core of, you know, why I got into this because I do love art and I love talking about art and I love looking at art. And, you know, yes, I miss getting on planes and doing art fairs and all of that stuff, but just to be able to, you know, just that's all we, all we were doing is just like talking to people all day. Like I wasn't even sitting at my desk. It was marvelous. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, tragic in some ways, but crisis certainly breeds ingenuity. And, yeah. and I'm wondering if there are other practices, because I, I, one of the things I've been struck by is how the visual art community has gone into 3D gallery spaces and, you know, some of the places that I would go to normally. I, sure, it's not the same, but I still have a viewing experience mm-hmm. um, that, you know, is I'm, I'm very grateful for. What, what, are, are there other things that you've kind of conceived of, figured out, will retain as a practice um, moving forward? Uh, well, that, I mean, that's definitely number one. Yeah. Um, number two, you know, we have been, um, you know, forced to do virtual art, you know, art fairs virtually instead of being in person. And we actually, we did, I think, seven virtual art fairs in 2020, which is like more than what I normally do, even like on a, on a physical scale. So, um, but what we, and we progressively got better, like the, the art fair, fair platforms have gotten better. The galleries have figured out, you know, what what's the best way to show things and what things just can't be shown that way. And then I think the audience has also learned that you're not going to go through 200 galleries. You're going to do what you do when you go to a regular art fair and maybe pick a dozen that you really want to want to hit. Um, but what we did for um, during Art Basel Miami in December, what we, we decided, we're like, okay, well, we can't do an art fair, but the artist still made the work. So I still paid to ship everything here and we set up our our art fair booth in our back viewing room and then every single morning at 10 a.m during the six days of the fair i would do like a quick 30 minute instagram live of me with the art you know in in my booth with the um you know the artist in their studio and got this really great one-on-one feedback and so everybody after those has has asked if we would continue in some way of like making that into our program so we're, we're trying to figure figure that out in a little more regular basis because it's so nice everyone wants to hear the artist's voice you know they don't want to hear me just talking about it if the artist is available and and can um uh, talk about their work and so i think that like doing those sorts of things with a little more frequency and not not having it be such a like oh this is like a you know register for the zoom sort of thing like i love that it was just you know Boom! It's Instagram Live. Some people yeah. know it. Some right. people stumble upon it, and um, so I think those sort of things we're definitely going to keep doing. That's really cool. How how have 
the how how is the art market now during during this time? Is it better? I mean, I I, I, I you know I, I um, have you been selling more or less? Is it like where where are you at and where where is the um, where's the market at? I guess during this time. Um, I mean, the market for contemporary art continues to be strong um, uh, throughout this whole this whole period. You know, yes, there was some weirdness with having to be closed down but um in the reality of it galleries are one of the easiest spaces to reopen because other than at an opening reception you never have more than a couple people mingling around a gallery at the, at the time so um even though like you know people have to schedule appointments and whatnot um it hasn't stopped people from coming and um you know we're we're just we're we, we were more, we were definitely more busy than we were last year. I don't know the like the final numbers. I mean, we did we we had a we had a good year, um, you know. And, and I, I I paid a lot of artists, and you know, so they they were able to to do keep doing what they were doing, and um, so we, yeah, we feel we feel super fortunate, and we did, um, you know, the the fairs have been a little iffy, but um, by the time. Uh, Basel Miami came around in December it was the closest thing to being a real fair and I feel that we actually probably sold um, as much if not more than what we would have in person um, not to very many new collectors though that's the thing like we're not we're not meeting a ton of new people because there's no you know sense of discovery when you just stumble across a, a booth of you know of a gallery you don't know or an artist that you don't know um, so that we're kind of missing that but um you know, we're 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 very thrilled that we're okay, and we we didn't have to lay off anyone, and we're you know we everybody has been, been even putting in more hours, so um, you know we're super thankful. No, oh, that's great. That's great. That's, and 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 great because it you know to be able to continue to you know be a source of income for artists, a gathering space for. You know, fans, other artists, collectors, people who love the work is is you know so essential. Particularly, it seems in these times. Um, I want to go back and, and just you know, th- you know, talk about and, and ask you how did you even get interested in being a gallerist, in curating, in contemporary and visual art? Like, where does that all come from? Um, it comes from a very strange place because you know I didn't I, I was I did not grow up in. Um, you know, like a, a very serious art appreciating family. Um, I had never, I didn't even know what an art gallery was until I got to the University of Michigan, um, which, which is where I went to undergrad. And, um, you know, I was aware of museums, but again, like my family wasn't a family that went there. We, you know, on some school trips, um, you know, I, I went into undergrad as a pre-law student and, um, I had had a really, really uh, great uh, advanced placement humanities class in high school. And Mrs. Rose, I don't even know if she's still around, but she's like, she's the whole reason for this because like maybe one or two weeks of this humanities course was in art history. And those two weeks of sitting in a darkened room, looking at slides, I mean, which kind of gives you a little hint of what years we're talking about a little few years ago. That's right. Um, but like that really stuck, uh, stayed with me and so uh, my freshman year I was like oh like art history 101 is an elective let's do this and after my first semester I was on the phone to my dad um, in Canada which is where I'm from and I'm, I said you know my dad's a car dealer and he's you know like he's he does not he knows a lot about art now but he's definitely did not then and 
I didn't even know what I would do with an art history degree. I just thought like, I found my passion. This is what I want to do. So I got my, my degree and I moved, um, back to Toronto, uh, between undergrad and grad school. And I worked at a contemporary Canadian gallery, but again, like that was because that was the only job I could, I could get. And, um, Thankfully, I did because my the person I worked for there ended up moving to Chicago six months before me, and she helped me get my first job in Chicago. So it's like cool. those networking things are real, are, are real, yes. and helpful. But um, don't burn bridges, uh, I guess, is one of the definitely. Yeah. Um, but I, I moved to Chicago to because I was um, accepted in grad school, and I got my master's in art history and theory at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And while I was um, while I was there, like my, in my first semester, this former colleague from Toronto said, hey, the Museum of Contemporary Art is uh, looking for an auction assistant. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about auctions either, you know, so, but it was like a museum job. And um, I got the job and uh, I parlayed that three months into six years of full-time employment. And the last three years was as an assistant curator. So that's where I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be in academia, in the curatorial side. I had also, um, I was teaching part-time at the School of the Art Institute in the art history department as well. So this is this was like my whole model. And then like the opportunity for advancement in the institution kind of was coming to an end. And I'm like, okay, what I don't, I love Chicago. I don't want to move. And so I was like, hmm, what do I do? So I reached out to Rona Hoffman, who has Rona Hoffman Gallery for over 40 years. Um, fine, fierce fierce woman uh, yeah. and you know she was I knew who she was I knew the artist she was dealing with because they showed at the museum I knew her clientele locally because they were like on the board trustees so I was like okay I'm already in this thing like not really knowing much but I, I took her out to lunch and um I convinced her to let her director go and to hire me and be like okay I'm gonna come in I'm gonna like curate for you and that's before like galleries have ever had curators because this is back in like 97 and, uh, you know, I'll bring some, like, fresh young artists to the program. And, you know, so which she did. She let me do this. She, like, even, like, helped facilitate me mounting my uh, my thesis was the history of the shoe in contemporary art. So she even, like, helped me mount this crazy show that had Warhols and Gary Simmons and Doris Salcedo and Ed Paschke and Wayne Tebow. And, like, it was just, it was wild. Yeah. Um, and I learned so much. And so she's totally like my PhD in, in gallery, if you could even get that, right? Um, and so I really, really learned a lot. Um, and um, you know, she's a real tough woman um, to work for, and um, you know, which she acknowledges to this day. Um, so I, you know, I really I, I learned a lot about the, the gallery world, and I really kind of learned a lot how I, I, I wanted to, to manage things. And um, after um, two years, it was kind of time to time to move on. And then at that time, Kavi Gupta, who has his gallery in Chicago for many years, um, his gallery was just really young. It was only four years old. It was then called Vedanta Gallery. He was only dealing with you know contemporary Indian artists. And so he's like, "Look, well, come on board. Let's like revamp the program. I'm really interested in, in contemporary. And hey, I just like bought this building on Washington Street, and I'm going to be you know like." dealing with the construction so why don't you like you know whip the gallery into shape and I'm like wow this is like the best opportunity because I, I don't have any of the financial concerns other than being like fiscally responsible but like I get to make all of these great artistic 
decisions. Um, so I was there for about a year and a half and then like the new building was done and he's like, okay, yeah, so I'm now going to jump back in and take charge of everything. And so the next move was definitely like, yeah, I'm not taking a, taking a back seat. And so, um, I decided like, okay, let's just throw your hat in the ring. And, um, that was like summer of 2000. And, um, by the fall, I actually, uh, I opened like unofficially in my home uh, with a show called Homewrecker. And I had 30 artists with over 90 artworks throughout all three floors of the building. 350 people showed up on opening night. It was insane. Um, you know, we, we, I wanted it up for a month. After like a month or two, museum groups started asking if they could like bring tours through. And finally my husband's like, um, yeah, hold up. I don't want people <laughs> sitting on our bed watching video yeah. art in the middle, like on Saturday when I come home from the gym. Yeah. So, um, um, he helped find that first space, which was in Fulton Martin, like right on Fulton, you know, like in, when it was just me and the meatpackers. Right. Wow. Well, I want to I want to get to your purview and, and what you look for and the artists that you work with. But I want to take you back and ask you a question about that humanities class, you know, in those mm. two weeks. Like, do you remember what artists or what like what was it that drew you in in that way to this whole life? I have to tell you that's such a good question and I have not one recollection of like exactly what it was. My you know best guess would be that like they showed some Renaissance art. Like it was definitely not contemporary. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I ended up doing a, a, a semester abroad um, in Italy. And so like, you know, like Bernini is like my favorite artist of all time. So I, I, I feel like that's just been like ingrained in there. Um, but yeah, that's. Such, I mean, I wish I wish I knew what they no, were. No, it wasn't like a, it was something. You know, it wasn't like a, oh, she showed a Warhol or something. You know, like at that time, like like you know, the art history books only went up to like 1965 or something. You know, like the contemporary was still being written into the history books. Yeah, no, that's cool. So okay, so you know, so obviously now this. I mean, so we're talking. Well, you said, would you say 2000 is when you had the home show or when? when, when? 2000 was the home record show. Yes. And then um, 2001 is when I officially opened my brick and mortar space. Right. Okay. So we're talking, you know, we're, I mean, this is 20, 21 years of, of, you know, your, your own space. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what, what can you tell it? Like, what is the curatorial mission? Like, who are you, does, who do you want to show? Who do you show? What's, what's the, the kind of heart of, of your, your gallery? So, I mean, we, we work with living artists. Um, we have historically worked a lot with artists very much at the beginning of their careers, growing their careers. Now, like, that was just by, you know, I, I had no money to pay for shipping and whatever at the beginning. It was just like, oh, look at you. I, like, you're at the School of the Art Institute. Want to come play? And, you know, like, that sort of thing. But um, I still, you know, I still have some of those artists who have been with me since the beginning as well. Um, but um, I, I opened the gallery with a very curatorial mission. I knew that it was a business, but I thought that like we could be a space to provide like young or mid-career artists who weren't quite ready for that museum stage this place to do ambitious projects. And so my very first show was by Joel Ross, and it was titled I Borrowed My Mother's Bedroom. And he literally went down to Texas, and he dismantled his mother's bedroom and took everything. And I mean, I'm like her underwear and her, like the ceiling fan and the door and, you know, like it was recreated like three dimensionally to scale in the middle of my space. And like the checklist just said price, like ask Joel's mother. Cause like, certainly it wasn't even for sale. And, um, you know, like, and 
people thought it was a little bit of a, a crazy move. But yeah. I'm just like, this is like, I want to, this is, this is what I'm telling you. Like we, we can do a balance. And there, there was a series of photographs that was not of the bedroom, but it was like a different series that Joel did that we did have for sale. So we were actually selling things from the beginning. Um, but I wanted to put that stamp out there. Like we're always going to be that gallery. It's not just like what can like move from my walls onto your, your walls. We're going to continue to show challenging work. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I love deep conceptual thinkers and artists. Um, I like a really, really, um, serious dedication to craft. Um, and that's not, it, it's, if you look at my roster that, that goes, you know, far across the board. Um, but there's, there's, there's definitely this kind of, maybe, and it's not all Midwestern, but there's this Midwestern work ethic that mm. goes into, um, a lot of, a lot of the work, like the, it just, it makes sense to me. Um, uh, not that I was like this, this mandate, but if you kind of look historically at my program, um, you know, we've had a diverse roster, um, you know, we, we've worked with um, many artists of color, a, a very good equal ratio of male to female, you know, with all you know s- sorts of diversity in the mix. And so I'm very proud that that's been something that's been there since the beginning, because right, right now it's just like so, uh, you know, of the moment, if, if your gallery does not have like, uh, you know, um, an, uh, an artist of color who makes figurative paintings, then like you've somehow missed the boat. And, um, you know, you, you've I'm, been there. Yeah. I'm happy to have done that yeah. for, for such a long time where I'm just like, now you, like everybody else is catching up and like, was like, yeah, see, I told you so. Like right. when that painting was $7,500, you probably should have bought it from me then because it's not anymore. <laughs> so. Right. Um, so yeah. And who are some of the folks that you've worked with or, or I, I guess, I mean, you, you know, you know, obviously on your website, um, you, you have, you know, your roster and it's, it's, I mean, beautiful. Some of my favorite contemporary artists are, you know, some of the folks you work with, but, uh, who, who, who have you worked with and like, who are some of the folks that you've just worked with historically? Yeah. So, um, you know, like, uh, Rashid Johnson is probably one of the best known artists on my roster. He, his first show was me, with me was in 2003, but we started working together in 2001, right when I had opened. And um, he actually approached me saying, like, I want you to represent me. Um, and this is, this is what it's going to be. And I said to him, all right. Like, at that point, he had only had his undergraduate degree from Columbia. He was in a like, you know, big show at the Studio Museum. He was on the cover of Vibe magazine. He was thinking he was all that. And I was like, all right, you go to grad school and I'll give you a show. So wow. and, like, two years later... Um, we did have our first show. So um, that's been really wonderful to see his career blossom Incredible. because like, like that's a case in point, right? Like he, you know, young artist. we did, um, you know, we did four shows before he ever kind of like really blew up, um, you know, outside of Chicago. And, you know, and it's, it's with the, you know, and it's with the intention of all the artists that I want to work with is like, it's, it's from being the incubator space here into the museums like those are the types of artists i want to work with and so like she's like an, an incredible um example of that right, yeah. um ebony g patterson who so is good. Um, an artist from jamaica who now lives and works in chicago i know but she's not in jamaica so that's very exciting um we have her next exhibition um opening here in april oh. and um you know we've again we've we've watched her just block, like it just it's it's really you know she she makes all of these incredible like tapestry and mixed media and paperwork she's got a solo show up right now at the contemporary art museum in st louis 
um, that's traveling to the ICA in San Jose. She's going to be in the Liverpool Biennial in a couple months whenever London can reopen or England can reopen. Um, and then uh, Amy Sherald is an artist who we started working with. I mean, many people know her as, as um, the artist who painted Michelle Obama's portrait. And um, we were working with her well before that. And we were even um, uh, involved behind the scenes in seeing that happen. So that's been an incredible... That's momentous. Uh, I mean, that's, a, that's yeah, that's a, a big moment for art, period, right? Yeah. That Much less a, to be involved like, with. That's a, it's a game changer. Like, the fact that, like... The, the 24 hours around that reveal of those portraits, it was like the entire world is looking at contemporary art right now. And like that, like that has never happened before. Um, so that is, um, that's somebody, um, Maya Cruz Palaleo, who is based in New York. She is um, of uh, Filipino descent um, and actually hails from Chicago, but I never knew her. She was like here as a, as a child. Um, and so she's our next show upcoming in, in March, um, an incredible painter of kind of like magical realism and like pulling from her own, um, you know, pulling from the past of her own family's history, but diving in deep to the kind of like colonial um, tragedies of the Philippines. And um, she did a ton of research here in Chicago at the Newberry Library, which who knew has one of this country's foremost archive of Filipino documents and and, and photos and paintings and Grace. just totally amazing crazy. i love the newberry so that's amazing i know yeah. i know I'm, I'm hoping that maybe we'll get somebody like when she's when the show's going on that we can do some sort of like online chat between her and somebody from that archive which that's i great. think would be pretty cool great idea um you know we just added um two new artists to the roster jake troyley and um kajal um two painters um jake uh, now here in Chicago, he just graduated last year from um, uh, University of Southern Florida in Tampa, and so I was very happy that I mean he moved here. Not only did he move here, he moved on my block. So I literally like run by him every morning. And then Ebony lives about four blocks away, so it's quite funny wow. that we're, <laughs> we're all in this together. Um, and then uh, Kajal, uh, an, an incredible, incredible painter who is. Um, you know, looking at the history of uh, Blackamoor sculptures from like 17th, 18th, 19th century Europe and kind of like t- t- like taking them out of their troubled past and like making them into these kind of like majestic scholars and alchemists and oracles. And he's now kind of moving on to this uh, like little bit of a sci-fi realm. So I'm just like, I'm like, I see a little Wakanda getting in there. So we'll, we'll see. Um, so cool. very excited about that. And then, you know, we've got some... Uh, new young artists that um, we've never worked with that later this year we've decided that we're going to start giving over part of our viewing room in the back to introduce some new younger voices. So um, Nareda Patricia, who is an artist based here in Chicago that I discovered um, at the MCA in like, like they opened that a long dream show, which is this like a massive, massive kind of like COVID era show that was open for a week before they had to close down again. But um, I'm happy that I went and I discovered her work and did an online studio visit. And so she's agreed to uh, show work with us this summer. Um, and then uh, Destiny uh, Belgrave, who's a young artist in, in New York, she'll be doing something with us in the fall in the back room, and then um, Ariel Daniel, um, and then these are like all kind of people that we've been discovering over the past year. So yeah, I'm excited to like add their voices to the mix. Yeah. 
So do you, do you think, I mean, you, you know, we, you mentioned the, the Amy Sherald moment, and, and, but do you think just in general, has, has contemporary art kind of crossed over into, uh, you know, into, into pop dominant culture in a way that maybe, you know, we haven't seen 10 years ago? Like, are, are we in a kind of um, a, a sort of renaissance, uh, you know, for, for this space and, and for the spaces that you've been responsible for building? I, I definitely think so. I mean, you know, when we, it's like, you know, we, um, you know, we lend artwork to be on the set of Empire. We lend artwork to be in like Steve McQueen's movies. And, you know, so it's like when those things start happening and then you also just have, you know, like obviously too with the advent of, of and the popularity of Instagram, you know, and it's like you have people like, like Swizz Beats and, and, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z, like, you know, in the music industry. And then you have professional athletes, um, you know, and you have those people, um, you know, posting their, their new pics on the gram. Like it, it is so broad reaching. It's just, it's like kind of unbelievable. Like, like, like um, Swizz Beats bought one of Kajal's paintings from our show. Wow, right. And like we've sold to him before. He's a big longtime supporter of Ebony Patterson. And, but it's like, you know, he, he buys it, he posts it. And then, you know, we have a thousand more followers instantaneously. Like it's like that, like that outreach is very real and very large. And, um, you know, like, and these are, these people are serious. These are not, you know, these are, they're, they're building very serious real collections that are like, you know, that are museum worthy in themselves. So, um, I definitely see it. And I've, and I've been seeing, um, you know, we've, we've actually cultivated a lot of um, new, younger collectors during COVID, um, which has been which has been nice. I mean, you know, the people are just sitting in their homes, staring at their walls and being like, I should you know, have if something you're, if you're not beautiful. interested in it, it's really easy to get addicted. So. Right, right. So, and, and so, you know, because, you know, as, as you'd said, too, like, you know, you know, working with some so many of the artists that you've worked with, having the curatorial perspective that you've had. Um, it has been maybe consciously, not consciously, in contrast to how some museum spaces and some gallery spaces have been limited. They've been inaccessible to a diversity of artists, uh, and then therefore also a you know diversity of publics. Mm-hmm. And and I, I you know it, how how conscious conscientious have you been about that? continued diversity and um and 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 how you know as a uh you know um at least passing white person a canadian you know in in the space like how do you how do you develop you know that insistence of of a curatorial practice i mean it's you know what i what I show in my gallery is also very reflected in what our you know my husband and i our personal collection is which is just like um, skewed a lot over the years, very naturally, um, to supporting a lot of artists of color. Um, you know, not like not a hundred percent across the board, but it just, it just, it just knocks us over our head every time. And it's just something that, that speaks to us and that, um, and I think that, um, you know, we're, we are a very particularly friendly gallery and some galleries, um, you know, I mean, I think most Chicago galleries are, are generally pretty friendly, but you know, like the, the gallery, world in general gets a, you know, a pretty bad rap, but for good reason, because most of the times, you know, it's like, if you, if you aren't known to them or if you're not dressed the proper way or whatever it is, 
you know, you, you get the cold shoulder or you get nothing. And, um, you know, we believe in talking to everybody and, you know, whether it's a student or whether it's, you know, a 90 year old grandmother, right? Like it's like, we're, we're not, you know, a very small percentage of people who actually come in my gallery actually buy art. So like, you know, we're, we're also like an exhibition space and, um, we just we we have been building a really really good great group of young um, uh, um, young artists of uh, collectors of color who have also just like you know they're like you know man we have just been treated with disrespect in other spaces and so you know it's like and then they'll come back the week later and like on their phone they'll be facetiming with their friend in Philly being like you should buy one of these paintings man and so like it's been it's been great and I'm not like you know, I'm not, all I'm doing is presenting my program and doing what I do. And so I feel that like, um, you know, the, the, there are more conversations that are being, being had and they're like, there's different platforms and a lot of like these younger collectors are talking to each other and, um, you know, they're just deciding to like, you know, kind of like they want to go where they're like, they like what they see and they like that they're being supported and they want to support us in turn. That's great. Well, I, I, I really appreciate the work that you do, uh, both in the city, but but obviously, you know, the reverberations you have around the world and and the artists that you show and support and and just the space you provide is is really essential. So, you know, thank you so much and and thank you so much for being in the corner store. Where can people stay in tune with all of what what you're doing? Uh, Well, you can go on our website, which is just MoniqueMalosh.com. Our Instagram is at MoniqueMalosh and... um, we're on Facebook too, but not not very much. That's basic, basically it. And then um, if you um, just email uh, the info at moniquemalosh.com or call us at 312-243-2129, um, you can schedule an appointment. We're here Tuesday through Saturday from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. And we're scheduling like 30-minute appointments. And uh, we've got a lot of availability. Our Ben Murray show um, is up until the 13th of February. And um, we would love to see you. Great. Monique, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.